Ulterior. Aside from music, the only other entity I have seen pop up on the TL over the last week is Zoe Kravitz, and I'm totally okay and at peace with that. I would encourage everybody to continue on with that, even once the Batman is not a trend anymore. Uh, good energy. Very, very good energy. Um, okay, there's quite a bit to get through, and I don't really know where my head is at right now, so... Just bear with me for the time being, guys. That's all I ask. So, uh, this episode looks at new singles from the likes of Bearings, Holofront, Wind Waker, Stan Atlanta, a couple of others that we'll get to, and then new records from Vein FM, Just Friends, Cruella, Belmont, Sueco, and Downcast. So, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy this chapter. It's been kind of a troubling week, troubling last few days for myself on a personal level, and I, even if I understood why, I wouldn't really get into it on here because, you know, I kind of want my personal matters to remain personal matters, at least to whatever extent I feel comfortable with, uh, but it's definitely been uh, very emotional lately. I feel highly emotional right now, and... That is why this episode is being recorded very, very late, later than usual. Uh, for full transparency, this is being recorded on Wednesday afternoon, so the same day that I anticipate releasing it, which I don't normally do, but, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is, it'd be what it'd be. Um, I, I guess the one upside to having this episode be recorded right now is that I can provide a rather up-to-date uh, news update. That was kind of a mouthful uh so my chemical romance they have a, a, a fuckload of opening acts for their upcoming tour um the acts that you see will kind of uh, depend on what day you go see them what city you'll be in uh so here is the full list of special guests for my chemical romance this fall Batflower, devil master dilly dally gosh kimia donson kimia dawson my bad Meg Myers, Midtown, Nothing, Shannon and the Clams, Soul Glow, Surfboard, Taking Back Sunday, The Bouncing Souls, The Homeless Gospel Choir, The Lemon Twigs, Thursday, Turnstile, Waterparks, and Youth Code. So, yeah, they, they, they scouted, <laughs> let me just say that. Uh, so not everybody on this list I recognize, but the ones that I well, actually, all of them. Congratulations, that is a massive deal, opening from My Chemical Romance. Um, the ones off of this list that I recognize, so like Badflower, Meg Myers, Take Mac Sunday, Thursday, Turnstile, Waterparks, um, huge dub. And I encourage everybody who's going to go see My Chemical Romance this year to be there for these acts and give them all of your support because this is a major fucking deal. So now I'll go ahead and get into a couple of the singles from last week. There, there weren't a ton of singles, but the quality was definitely there. Uh, no more prevalent than on the first song I'm going to get through, which is Shaking Your Mind by Bearings. out of this world pop punk energy on this one so it looks like this is going to be the start of an eventual record rollout for bearings um they haven't really had anything to their name since hello it's you from 2020 i know there was the deluxe hello it's you off uh, from 2021 but as far as like you know full projects hello it's you would have been the last one from bearings um i so about hello it's you and I don't mean to like steer too far off of shaking your mind. I will get to that uh, quickly. For some reason, whenever I am downtown here in San Antonio, there are two songs that I just like leave on repeat. I have a playlist specifically for, you know, whenever I'm in that vicinity. Uh, Teardrops by Bring Me the Horizon and Super Deluxe by Bearings. 
and it, it might just be because I started going downtown like towards the end of 2020 and those were two of my most frequently listened to songs at that point so I kind of just like kept up that tradition per se and you know relive those vibes I guess because a lot of good and bad things uh from that's my cats in the background don't mind that if you could have heard that um but yeah some good and bad things from that time period and I kind of just like to live in that headspace uh shaking your mind though so what I just mentioned about pop punk energy I say that because there is a lot more of a pop punk flair to this track as opposed to what was happening with hello it's you and then even blue in the dark which was bearings 2018 record uh shaking your mind it's fast it's energetic it's fun it's catchy it's like pop inspired pop punk inspired um i i love this song and i cannot get enough of it and i eagerly await more from bearings throughout this year there are some details about the upcoming hollow front album thank god finally uh, and I'll get to those in a minute, but I want to introduce the title track for this record. It is called The Price of Dreaming. So as I just mentioned, there was an announcement of a new album along with the release of this single. So again, The Price of Dreaming, it is dropping May 27th, and there's a lot to look forward to off of this record. Uh, so The Price of Dreaming title track follows Treading Water and Comatose as the singles so far for this record. And this is as good of a standing that I have seen from Holofront in the entire tenure of their run. So I've always liked Holofront. At the same time, I always kind of felt like maybe there was something missing from their delivery and something that I wasn't being able to connect with as easily as others who are fans of Metalcore. But ever since Treading Water dropped last August, the run that this band has been on is fucking incredible. So Treading Water was a very high-ranking song in the top 100 for me last year. And then a couple weeks ago, we got Comatose, and I I listen to Comatose regularly. I still fuck with that song heavily. And The Price of Dreaming, I can acknowledge out of uh, the three singles so far, this is probably my least favorite. Having said that, this is still fucking incredible. This is amazing. I love everything Holofront are doing. The balance between the melodic chorus and the heavier verses, it, it, it's, you know, it's what you come to expect out of Metalcore, but it's always so fulfilling to hear a band like Holofront being able to execute these concepts that have been around for ages with the sheer amount of perfection that they wield, or yield, rather. Wield? No, it's wield. Yield is what you do with a car. Um... You see what I mean when I say that my head's not really there right now, uh, but, you know, we're moving on anyways. Uh, Holofront, Incredible Band, The Price of Dreaming, incredible song, and The Price of Dreaming on May 27th, I am expecting an equally incredible album. Let's talk about Wind Waker, because I haven't really been able to give myself the chance to do so yet on this podcast. I've got to do so now, because of the quality of the new single called Lucy. So admittedly, I am not as well versed in the history of Wind Waker as I am some of the other bands I talk about on this show. Uh, I haven't had the chance to listen to their EPs from 2019-2017 respectively, Empire and Fade. And I only first heard of Wind Waker a couple weeks ago when I listened to the new single Beautiful. I don't think I gave it like its own spotlight on an episode, um, but I really did enjoy Beautiful. Um, but Lucy... This song fucking hits, dude. Just everything I can ask for for like, um, you know, that more like alternative metal style that we see uh, utilized by maybe bands like, you know, Bring Me the Horizon or Bad Omens at certain points. Um, you, you, Lucy utilizes the kind of chorus that just lives rent free in your head, gets stuck there for days. That's been the case since I first heard Lucy a couple days ago. Um, you know, I, I've gone back to the song so many times over the last couple days and I think I foresee myself being able to do that regularly. I have no reason to 
kind of doubt the future of Wind Waker and everything that they're going to be doing from here on out, they are just one of those like really, really promising acts that I think not enough people are recognizing. Um, there is definitely the chance to do so coming up uh, because their debut album, Love Language, is out May 6th. And yeah, I I encourage everybody to go check out Lucy by Wind Waker and support this band moving forward. Uh, Outsider Heart. I, I don't even really know who these guys are, but I have every reason in the world to learn about their identities now that I've heard the new single called Monster. This song is fucking monstrous, like no pun intended, but the the atmosphere created by Monster is like so um, identifiable with a band that you would think was like on top of the world, not relatively hidden the way that Outsider Heart have been. Uh, so this is my first time hearing of them, and I feel encouraged to, you know, go back in their discography of singles and just like see what else this band has to offer because Monster is fucking amazing. Um, I mentioned last week with Rain City Drive and how like some of those like, you know, more pop inspired things were kind of like, uh, esque of Rain City Drives or, um, Too Close to Touch. I would say Monster lies similarly in that realm. It's just so easy to get lost in, so easy to nod your head to and just like feel, you know, those pop inspired vibes circulating through your body. At least that was like my experience with this track. And like, I, I crave this kind of shit. I crave the feeling that monster left me. And I, it, it, it's like, um, it's an itch that can only like really, really be scratched by a song like this. And I am so thankful to have monster with me right now. The final single that I will be giving its own dedicated spotlight to in this episode comes from Stan Atlantic and it is called Hair Out. This is another single off of Fear, which is dropping on May 6th. Um, I, I mentioned Pity Party a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was like two months at this point on this show. And then last year there was also, um, uh, Death Wish and Molotov OK. I believe those two songs are on Fear. If they're not, feel free to correct me. But, um, I, I've said time and time again that what we are seeing out of Stand Atlantic right now is not necessarily uncharacteristic of them, but it feels unexpected. And the route that they have taken coming off of Pink Elephant from back in 2020, yeah, I almost said 2019, um, it, it just feels like we are seeing a fully fleshed out version of Stan Atlantic and the kind of Stan Atlantic that can elevate themselves to superstardom if they're not already there. They have over like, I think a million listeners on Spotify, so they might as well be there now. Um, Hair Out, I love the energy that it gives off. I love the 2000s vibes. Um, I, I could kind of sense of like, um, like pink. That, that was what I mostly heard in Hair Out, and that's a great direction to take. I really, really enjoy that for San Atlantic. The chorus is as catchy as these motherfuckers have ever, ever been able to write choruses. Bonnie sounds as amazing as she ever has, and yeah, Hair Out is amazing. I don't prefer it over Pity Party. To me, Pity Party is still the pinnacle of what San Atlantic have ever been able to do, but Hair Out shows that the trajectory this band is following heading into fear is still the highest echelon of work they have ever put out. I truly believe that. These were the remaining singles from last week that I gave either a 4 or a 5 to in the reviews on social media. Levitate by Bleed From Within, Chemicals by Causality, Lost by Charlotte Sands, Supernova by Convictions, God Is My Enemy by Crown Magnetar, Hated Seeing You Cry by Donovan Malero. Wake the Dead by Earth Groans. Loyal to None by Kublai Khan Texas. A by Machine Gun Kelly featuring Lil Wayne. Save Me by Mayflower. You Are Not a Real Threat by Notions featuring Die 6 5. The Orphan by Paleface. Done by We Struck Gold. Dead Talk by Windwalkers. And Dead Weight by Wolves at the Gate. 
Once again, there was no single from last week that I didn't mind or didn't like. Everything stood out in the best of ways. Everything hit, everything delivered. And yeah, it was just a really, really good week for singles. And so too with records. And we're going to get into them right now. And I'm going to start with, for me at least, I think the biggest record from last week in terms of name value and like anticipation, but then also because there's something that I want to get out of the way before I go into the material. So let's talk about this world is going to ruin you by vain fm So the the stuff that I have to get through before I go into the record I don't even really want to talk about but you know, I kind of have to because it happened and people discussed it and it looked worse than it actually was and it blew out of proportion. Uh, so currently, uh, Vane FM are on tour with a band called Momentum. And last Thursday, I believe, maybe it was Wednesday, but I think it was Thursday, there was a show in Albuquerque and something happened afterwards in the parking lot. And what initially was tweeted out was that vain fm were like being very very aggressive with fans and they like trashed the venue and broke a bunch of equipment and shit and pulled a gun on somebody and it, it, it was wild and once i saw that um i did make a tweet saying that i wasn't going to review this world is going to ruin you and what I want people to understand is I was going off of the same information that other people were. And I felt like being somebody who was trying to create a platform for music review and music exposure, I had to make a decision. And I made one with little to no knowledge of what had actually happened. Um, you know, I, I, I try doing what I think is right. I try having some kind of a moral ground with this stuff in terms of like what I cover, what I don't cover. And this report, initial report, really tested that. And, you know, for all those reasons, I, I'm sorry. I should have waited before saying anything. I didn't. That was my bad. Um, and what we ended up finding out was, uh, so the equipment that Vane broke was a mic stand estimated to be $25 and they were confronted over this in the parking lot and it was by venue staff I guess and some fans got involved because they wanted to be part of it and uh Vain FM were threatened to have a gun pulled on them and that was when momentum vocalist Jordan Jenkins he pulled out a real gun on them uh kind of calling their bluff and nobody got hurt. It, it was fucking stupid, man. Um, God, it. Vane really almost got taken down for this shit, dog. It's fucking crazy. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing now because it's just fucking hilarious looking back on it. <laughs> um, Jesus, fuck, man. Uh, anyways, let's get into the record, shall we? Um, so Vane FM, this is an, another band that I was admittedly late to in my fandom for them. So, uh, their 2018 record called Error Zone. I didn't listen to it until 2020. It was like around the time of the pandemic, I remember. And God, man, this band is fucking gnarly, like brutally, disgustingly heavy and that's exactly the kind of shit that I look for in hardcore music and Vane supply that just ever fucking well, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Um, so the cycle for this album began back at the start of January when they released The Killing Womb. And I remember talking about it on the show. The Killing Womb is amazing. One of my favorite songs of the year so far. I enjoy the build up to it, the, the way that it just like punches you in the fucking face and never apologizes for it, pulls a gun on you, if you will. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll stop all that shit. That was bad. 
But like genuinely, just the ferocity of the song, it was really incredible. Uh, the same thing applied to Fury Nonfiction, the second single. That featured Jeff Rickley from Thursday, which I mentioned beforehand on this show, was like such a weird pairing and an odd combo that I wouldn't have thought of, yet it worked amazingly well. And then Wavery, that one kind of went into like Deftones territory in some instances. And then getting into the new material from this record, you open with Welcome Home, which is like a minute, 15 seconds long, something like that range. And the way that it just like immediately gets into the bones of this record and how heavy it is and like letting you in not even easily, like you're not like slowly dipped into the pool that is this world is going to ruin here. You're, you're just fucking chugged into that shit, dude. Fucking yeeted. And the way Welcome Home transitions into the killing womb is one of my favorite parts of the whole record. It's just so effortless and seamless you have versus wyoming as the song that follows the killing woman versus wyoming is even shorter than welcome home uh but what i think is being achieved here is showing that uh, you know and aside from the the closing track we'll get to that later but vane can utilize the living fuck out of a short runtime and not waste any of those seconds with any bit of filler they just go in immediately punch you in the gut and leave there are so many other songs here that do the same thing with short run times like Lights Out, Magazine Beach, and Inside Design. Granted, Magazine Beach does have a little bit of what I talked about before with the, the, the Deftones influence on Wavery. It's only just slightly there on Magazine Beach, but otherwise, these three songs are just vain going in there for a minute and showing you exactly why they are one of the heaviest and best bands in hardcore. Something else that Vane also does incredibly well is set an eerie atmosphere, and they do that with the song Wherever You Are, the sixth track. It is, I, I think it's either entirely instrumental or, or primarily instrumental, yet it sounds so, like, grotesque and almost like part of like a, like a horror movie soundtrack, and the way that it acts as like the break between the two halves of the record, it kind of like gives you some bit of room to breathe but even then you're like breathing heavily if that makes any sense uh two other feature spots on this record include jeff smith from jerome's dream he is on hell knight and then bones he is on orgy in the morgue uh these two tracks appear back to back and it is like one of those back-to-back -back runs that feels like so frantic and that's you know because of how heavy they are how good they sound the cohesion between vane and the guests that they bring onto this record it is outstanding in my opinion. Orgy in the Morgue, that one kind of, even if momentarily, like, slows things down just a little bit, but it does something similar to what I mentioned with Wherever You Are and how, even if it's like kind of muted in comparison to some of the other material here, it's still so eerie. And then you get into the closer, Funeral Sound. So I mentioned before, over and over again with this review, how good Vane are at crafting short songs. Funeral Sound is 7 minutes and 17 seconds long. And I saw that runtime, I thought, like, what the fuck are they doing for seven minutes? Because it didn't sound like, or listening to this record, it didn't come across to me that this was a band that, you know, was interested in taking that heavy sound and expanding on it for seven minutes. Um, and then I hear the song, and shocking and chilling are two of the words I can use to describe the experience hearing a funeral sound for the first time. So the first half of the song... It's not even really a song, it's like a phone conversation, and it's like so, like in some ways, like not distorted, but like you kind of have to like really, really listen in on what is being said, and just some of the things here are like really, really heartbreaking. Uh, so like for instance, this part here, safety just makes me feel nervous, especially because I just feel like I see you anytime. It just scares me a lot, but I don't know. I'll talk to you later. Like there's like something really really unsettling happening here and then you get into the actual like song part of funeral sound and there's no screaming it's just cleans like really tired sounding cleans and like it just made for again a really shocking ending to the album one that i was not expecting in the slightest and it made like the impact left on me by this world is going to ruin you all the more profound and I, I hear this album and I, I, I think to myself, like, there is so much 
innovation happening in hardcore that I don't really know how many people are paying attention attention to because I think if you hear the term hardcore or like metalcore or whatever, you kind of might think like, oh, I've heard it before. I've heard everything. There's nothing unique for this genre to offer me. No, Vane can offer you something incredibly unique, something that you will not forget anytime soon. And I think This World is Going to Ruin You shows the range of Vane, the caliber of their material, the caliber of the artist, uh, you know, compromising this band. And I just, I, I feel like this is a record that is going to do very, very well when it comes to having staying power and lasting power and being an album that I do not forget about for the rest of this year because This World is Going to Ruin You did enough to make sure that is the case. Brand new record out from Corella. It is called The Body Never Lies. Is Corella scene? I, I don't know, probably not, but they are a band that has interested me for a decade now, and that is why I take the time to mention them whenever I can on this show. Um, so Corella, for anybody who might not know, it is a sister duo in the EDM realm. Um, so, uh, Jahan and Yasmin Yusuf, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, they have been around for quite a while now, like not a really, really long time. I said I first heard of them 10 years ago. I don't know if that is when they like first came to the forefront of EDM music, but I just remember hearing the song Killing It and it was on something related to NBA. I don't remember if it was like during the playoffs, if it was just like an NBA on TNT kind of bumper song. But I remember hearing it there. Actually, it might have just been a commercial. I might be, like, dumb. Um, but Killing It was my first exposure to Cruella. And it was a good enough song to make sure that I never, like, lost touch with this band. Or this act, rather. I never lost sight of, like, why it is I gravitate towards them in the first place. Um, and then you had their their debut album in 2013. I think it was their debut called Get Wet. And some of the songs in there I still listen to regularly, like Live for the Night, uh, Alive, We Go Down. Like, these are incredible songs. And then in, I think it was 2016, they had uh, a single. It was called Team. Team is one of my favorite songs of all time. I think in, like, my top 50 Spotify songs ever played, it's, like, top 25, top 20. Uh, Team is amazing i love that song so much there are other great songs on that ep as well like calm down but team is the fucking song in the careers of cruella in my opinion um and then two years ago they had a record called zero and if i'm being honest i wasn't really into it i i didn't i liked some parts of it but like for the most part i heard zero and it just felt kind of very safe and very formulaic in comparison to the material from Cruella that I really, really gravitate towards. Um, but I wasn't going to give up on them. I just thought maybe that wasn't their best showing. So I had hopes for the next album out of Cruella and that ended up being The Body Never Lies. I mentioned one of the singles for the album a couple weeks ago. It was I'm Just a Monster Underneath My Darling, which ended up being the closer on The Body Never Lies, which I feel like that was a good single because it does show what this record is or, or what it kind of ended up being about in terms of the sonic tones here. Um, there's like this, uh, like not really a choir effect. I don't really know how to describe it, but there's like this really cool melody throughout the, the part of the song where the beat drops. And I, I feel like that did a lot to give. I'm just a monster underneath my darling, its own character. Um, so I'll get out of the way now. Like the two songs on this record that I wasn't as into as the others, that being, or those being the intro song, Ashes to Ashes, Dust to Dust, and then uh, Never Been, which features uh, Bows, which is another sibling duo in EDM music. Um, so th the intro song, Ashes to Ashes, Dust to Dust, I just didn't really feel like there was a need for an intro song like this on the record. I would have much rather it just get right into Traces because I thought Traces was an incredible song and really showed like 
the theme of this record in how amazing the beat drops are um with never been hurt i think that one just kind of felt a little bit stale in comparison to some of the other songs here i was hearing that song and it, it kind of like it's good but it didn't really hit the same way that the other songs do and that's something that i look for in edm music like how does the beat drop make me feel how are the tones and the rest of it able to get across to me and I didn't really think Never Been Hurt had the same caliber of an effect as like, you know, what I just said about Traces or No Control featuring Mad Girl. Um, In the Water, that's another song I want to get into right now. What I love so much about In the Water is how, like, calm and chill the entire thing sounds. Because one of the, you know, aspects of EDM music and like drum and bass, dubstep, all that stuff that I think people kind of assume when they first hear the terms is that every beat drop is just like fucking monstrous and has all these glitching effects and it just like sounds like part of like a rave which you know that does happen more often than not i would say but within the water the beat drop does not lose sight of how calm the verses were and i really really love that effect um the song following uh in the water war forever i love how in some of the like moments of that song where the energy picks up there's like this like chopping effect on the vocals and it does a lot to make that one of the standout tracks of the body never lies in my opinion uh the penultimate song six feet this one really really reminded me of fuck you love you by alice in wonderland which dropped at the end of 2021 uh it just kind of has like a similar like eeriness to some of its delivery uh you know the drops kind of a bring a little bit more light into the otherwise dark sound of six feet and i i listened to the body never lies and i think it's definitely better than zero i like it a lot more than that record um but i don't look at this the same way that i do you know get wet or any of the other early material off of cruella um and that's totally fine you know they're not always going to deliver the kinds of songs like team or killing it that i look for in them uh but you know in the water war forever i'm totally okay with living with these songs traces i i'm incredibly fine with living with with it corella gave me a lot of material to kind of just like soak in and be proud of them over and even if i highlighted you know some minor gripes with this record i want to emphasize they are minor I love The Body Never Lies. I think it is a great EDM album. I have no issue with it at large. Um, what's going to be the staying power for it? That, I think, remains to be seen. Because when I think of Corella right now, I'm probably going to gravitate towards more what I mentioned earlier with like Team and uh, Killing It, uh, Live for the Night, as opposed to In the Water or Forever. But these songs are still amazing. I still love them a lot. And I think any fan of Corella had to have come out of this album feeling like they heard something accomplishing. Uh, Belmont, they have a new album out right now called Aftermath. Before I get into the album, I do want to mention this other part of Belmont's career right now because it's very important, I think, for me to bring this up. So um, a couple days ago, they hadn't... So they're on tour right now, or they were on tour, rather. Uh, A couple days ago, they had an accident and their van and trailer flipped over. They hit, I I believe, Black Ice. And I, I, I saw the picture. That was the first thing I saw. And it's fucking gnarly dude like some of the worst shit that you could have happened to a band at at any point in their careers um the good thing is that nobody in the band nor their crew were hurt uh but you know the van and the trailer are completely thrashed and they, they they definitely need our help right now so they do have a gofundme page uh set up on their social media accounts uh you can also just send them money directly by using uh, paypal.me slash belmont music llc um you know buy merch do whatever you need to or whatever you can rather to support belmont because they're good dudes they you know this really really sucks and uh yeah just 
you know, support them however you can. And having said all that, I don't want this review to come across as like condescending or contradictory to anything that I just mentioned, because the quality of the album has nothing to do with me wanting to show them love when going through a troubling time. Um, so the record Aftermath, it, it was my least favorite album that I got to listen to last week. I, I think it's good to an extent. I like the material to an extent. Uh, but I feel like there were some issues here with production end and delivery, execution, all that stuff that made it hard for me to fully grasp some of this material. So the record opens with Fully Sent, and I think Fully Sent is one of the best instances on this record of Belmont really showing up and showing who they are. Um, I, I love the energy of Fully Sent. I think it's a great opener. And then you get into Parasitic, and Parasitic, it was a single prior, and I don't remember what I said or if I said anything about how I felt about the track back then. Um, I'm probably being a little bit harsh on it. I give it a four out of five. It doesn't really do anything wrong. I think there's just like a weird delivery on vocals, um, but it's really not a bad song at all. Um, and no nothing here is bad per se. Um, and then even when you get into Bowser's Castle, the third track, I think by then there's like some repetition showing through on the record. And at the same time, maybe not the you know best of execution best of delivery on all fronts with this band uh but you know still fine uh the thing that was like yeah afterwards like pain now in my skin they're just good songs that don't really do a lot to impress me or stick with me and that's fine country girl the sixth track is where I start to kind of feel lost and maybe detached from the material. So Country Girl, it has like some hip hop influences and the like country effect on the guitar in the choruses. I feel like it's meant to be like kind of like a parody of country music, if anything. Um, and, and I love the idea. I love the concept, but I can't lie to you guys. It was my least favorite song on the record. I didn't really like it all that much uh and even when listening to the song back again before this review um i it, it, it has not grown on me it hasn't necessarily gotten worse it just hasn't improved in any kind of a standing for myself personally um but in in the midst of all of these songs that i'm saying don't really do much to stand out there are two songs that i do want to uh you know highlight for right now 4am disappear that is the eighth song for the most part of that track, I would say that sounds and feels like nothing nowhere. Um, and I, I love the delivery that Belmont give on that end. And then the closing song, Advanced Darkness. Um, I think what that song does is it takes the ideas from some of the songs that I thought maybe missed the mark a little bit, like Parasitic or Bowser's Castle or Never Found, and really, really shows like what Belmont sound like when they're just like really, really clicking and firing. Um, it, it just, it doesn't do a lot to be different from those other songs yet. It just feels more complete and more euphoric, I guess, if what I'm saying makes any kind of sense. It probably doesn't, but like, you know, these are just the thoughts that came to my head when I was hearing Aftermath for the first time and subsequently every time thereafter. Um, so, is it a record that I'm going to think about again? Probably not. Am I going to listen to it again? Uh, I'll listen to some songs on here for sure, but I don't really think that I will be returning to Aftermath all too much. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, still a solid record. And I want to emphasize again that Belmont really, really need uh, as much help as they can get right now. So, you know, go check out their social media pages, find out more on how you can help them get through this really, really rough patch right now. Uh, Swaco has a new album out right now. It is called It Was Fun While It Lasted. I'm not unfamiliar with Swaco, but I've also not done a lot to like really, really pay attention to the rollout for It Was Fun While It Lasted. I do remember reviewing one song from Swaco last year. I believe that would have been SOS featuring Travis Barker. Um, and 
I remember, or from what I can remember, I thought it was a really solid song. I had nothing bad to say about it. Did I think it was like overly impressive? Maybe not really, but I still fucked with it. And there is this uh, TikTok account. I, I don't follow it, but um, the guy shows up on my For You page like every single day and he covers uh, alternative music. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, he's like, uh, he wears a hat all the time. He has a stubble. He, he holds like this microphone and he uh, talks about like the top trending alternative tracks or things like that. Um, he was how I found out about Loser, which dropped, uh, probably I think at the start of the year. And I, I miss Loser when it dropped. So I didn't get the chance to talk about it as a single or put it on like a social media review. But I will say now that the love and admiration for Loser, I totally, totally understand. Loser is insanely catchy and has all of the right pop punk revival vibes. Um, so I would say that what this record shows is, when it comes to the pop punk revival and how Swaco fits into that, I would liken this record to the Smart Death album that I reviewed about a month ago at this point. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but um, it, it was highly enjoyable and I feel the same way about it was fun while it lasted. Um, the opening song today, it's like almost acoustic based for the entirety of the track. Uh, it picks up towards the end and I feel like what today does as an opener is show you both sides of Swaco that you're going to get on the rest of the album. Uh, Paralyzed is one of those like really fun, energetic pop punk songs. It's Going Good has some of my favorite lyrical moments on the record. Watching planes take off just to pass the time. Closest thing to shooting stars in the LA sky, but I feeling like I should. I'm terrified it's going good. Um, and then after it's going good, you get into Hate You Too, and Hate You Too is another one of those acoustic-based songs that, again, shows off the range and versatility found within Swaco's abilities and talents. Um, there is one song later on the record that I I give a 4 out of 5 to, whereas I gave every other song on here a 5 out of 5. That was Toxic Therapy. Um, I think it's a good song, and I like the idea behind it. Uh, you know, it's kind of like hip-hop in a way, fused with some similar tones uh like in terms of guitar work to polyphia not like crazy but um just like the way that some of these notes sound that was the influence that was coming to my head um but i just don't really think toxic therapy stands as tall as the other material here a song beforehand like drunk dial i thought that one you know kind of shows off the again pop punk energy found within it was fun while it lasted the same thing can be applied to sober hungover which features uh, arizona zedvas um, one of the catchiest songs on the album, in my opinion, great chorus, love what Super Hungover is doing. And I, I think you also get to see later on in the record with songs like Motel 666, Prima Donna, and the title track, It Was Fun While It Lasted, um, a little bit of like other areas being implemented into um, this record. So like, you know, maybe some like electronic bits, uh, more hip hop stuff being fused with the material here. Um, just... A, a lot of really, really neat ideas that I'm glad Swaco went ahead with because it allowed these songs to have their own characters and really be fleshed out. And I, I think, you know, it's a good way to make the songs stand out. I'm not going to get any of them confused. You know, I can totally tell uh, Loser apart from Prima Donna, for instance, or Motel 666 apart from Junk Dial. I don't run into the issue that I do sometimes with other albums where I have to, th to think back to like, okay, what was that song? Um, Swaco did an amazing job at letting everything breathe and have its own moments. Um, and I think that's what It Was Fun While It Lasted comes down to, moments. There are some moments on this record that I can't forget about. They're so easy to just like latch onto my brain and stay there, whether they be catchy or because it was like, you know, an unexpected turn, like the electronic stuff happening in Motel 666, for instance. Um, just a lot of really, really cool things that I thought Swaco implemented into It Was Fallen Out Lasted. And it's not a perfect record, but it is the kind of record that I think anybody who has been, you know, anticipating something from Swaco coming off of his singles run, there's a lot to really sink your teeth into with this record. Brand new album out by Just Friends. It is called Hella. So I've said this before about other bands. 
Just Friends, I was kind of late to. I wasn't so attentive to this band before starting Ulterior. Um, and the, the other thing I want people to keep in mind is like, Ulterior really forced me to like pay attention to what was happening in the scene and not just like kind of, uh, you know, hear certain things through Twitter or Discord or whatever else. I couldn't have like, I could no longer be shown what to listen to. I had to like go out and find it and seek it. Um, and that's what happened with just friends. Um, uh, so the first time I came across this band was at the beginning of 2020 and they put out JF crew volume one and there is a song on there. It's a remix of fever, which fever is actually on hella. So I'll mention it briefly now. Um, fever, I think is an amazing song. I love it so much. However, that remix on JF Crew Volume 1, which has Nate Curry, unbelievable. That song is fucking sick. I love it so much. And it's what paved the way for me to like really, really get into Just Friends and acknowledge them on a level beyond just being this band that I found because I needed extra material to cover on Ulterior. Um, and you know, I followed them thereafter, uh, JF crew volume two. I remember that one being really, really good. Uh, sizzle is on hella and so is stupid featuring Lil B. Uh, yeah. Base God, Lil B, you know, that Lil B he is on this record more than once. Actually, uh, he's on basic and stupid, uh, basic also featuring Hobo Johnson and what that song does. Uh, so it came out as a single back in January. If that was your first exposure to Just Friends, then you got like an immediate taste of what this band is about from like the trumpet work to the just like kind of like free care style of Just Friends. Um, Hella, this is a summer record. Like this is easily something I can imagine myself listening to in the summer, you know, when it's hot as fuck outside, windows down, AC on, not windows down in the house because that's stupid if you have an AC on, but like in the car, like it's just it has like that kind of energy to it and it puts me in like a pretty good headspace it puts me in like a really calm state where there's not really a ton that can bring me down while listening to hella because it's fun it's really really fucking fun there was another single i think last month it was called honey and honey i think is like so reminiscent of some of the stuff that was happening in the 90s with alternative rock uh you know i can hear like bits of like no doubt or Sublime, or Red Hot Chili Peppers with what is happening with not only Honey, but a lot of the record for that matter. So you get into the first two songs, Love Letter. I think that one has some similar notions to Honey, but a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more energetic. The second song, Shine, there is just this amazing bass line all throughout that song. And I know I just mentioned, you know, No Doubt, Sublime, or Hot Chili Peppers. It's like, you know, potential influences on what's happening here. This is a very, very specific comparison, but if anybody knows what I'm talking about or remembers this, um, Knuckles theme song in Sonic Adventure, not Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic Adventure, um, and how that one's like kind of like very, very like funk inspired and just has like this like real like, um, so like the, the baseline supporting that song, that is what I get out of Shine. That was one of the immediate connections I made in my head and it allowed Shine to, okay, I can't think of a better word. It allowed Shine to really shine through. I know that was stupid, but I just couldn't think of anything else. Like I said, uh, there is a back-to-back -back stretch later on in the album that I think shows off like so many different sides and aspects of Just Friends. So you have Hollerbox, which is very, very short. It's under two minutes. Hollerbox really reminds me of like Spanish music that I would have been hearing when I was like a kid just around like, you know, parties and all that shit. Um, and then Hot, the song that follows Hollerbox. I get like shades of Radiance Machine and Beastie Boys when hearing Hot. It has like that kind of like slightly new metal aggression to it while not being so aggressive. It's just like, a notably different energy compared to the other material on Hella, and I think it does a lot to really add character and depth to the record. Um, the last three songs, Bad Boy, Big Money Power Music, and Sunflower. So, Bad Boy, I think that one leans more into, like, a pop side of Just Friends. Big Money Power Music goes back to what I mentioned earlier with, like, Shine and Love Letter and how there's, like, a funk energy there and the bass line is incredible and it just feels, like, so summer-esque. The closing song, Sunflower, 
is very slow in its composition compared to the other songs here, yet it just kind of has this, like, um, a feeling to Sunflower, whereas, like, I couldn't imagine anything else closing the record. Like, it really just, like, takes everything a step back, strips everything back, kind of, and just, like, lets you breathe and, like, really take in the material that you got to hear up to that point. Sunflower is the perfect closer for Hella. I thought Hella was a perfect album. There was no moment on this record where I was bored or I thought the material was getting repetitive. It never allows itself to get repetitive because it kind of switches things up, you know, not so often to where you can't really, like, get comfortable with a certain kind of sound but it just makes sure that you're given as good and eloquent of a listening experience with hella as humanly possible i love hella i love just friends there is so much here that you know you can't get anywhere else in the scene and i highly highly encourage all of you to go check this out the last album that i'm going to talk about today is from a band with under 10,000 listeners on spotify i I don't even remember how I came across this album. It was kind of by accident, but it's one of the best accidents to have ever been encountered in my tenure with Ulterior so far. I saw Hell When I Was With You by Downcast. So this is Downcast's debut album. They had one EP from 2019. It was itself titled. I didn't know about it though. I didn't know about this band until fucking Saturday, dude. Um, and again, I don't even remember how I found them. It might have been Twitter. Um, it had to have been, but it wasn't SOTS. It was something else. I don't remember what, but I I'm really, really glad that Downcast was able to, you know, sneak its way into this lineup this week because I would have been missing out on one of the coolest album experiences I've had so far in 2022. So I saw Hell When I Was With You. This is years in the making. So the first single, Catharsis, dates all the way back to April 3rd, 2020. And then there's, you know, a pretty big gap afterwards, over a year before you get to Britannia Mills. Uh, Hell, A Weight That I Can't Stand, and Mistakes I Have Made all followed as the singles rolled out for I Saw Hell When I Was With You, which is only nine songs. So there are only four songs here that are considered to be new material, even though all of this was new to me. Britannia Mills is what opens the album, and so this was my first time ever hearing Downcast. At least with this track, the other bands that were coming to my head, like, included Being as an Ocean, Baroness, and, uh, what was the other one? Fuck, it's not that hard to think of. What was it? Oh, Thrice. That really, really wasn't hard to think about. Um, and so, like, there's, like, this, um, like a a, a deep layer to the vocal delivery and how it just kind of sounds like it's a very deep voice and it's not really like straining itself to match the you know kind of melodic stuff happening instrumentally with Britannia Mills but it just feels like these two things aren't really meant to be layered on top of each other or beneath one another but it somehow blends itself perfectly and it works to pure fucking perfection in my opinion. The second song after that is Someplace Safer. This was ranked number one in Scenic Overlook this week, so it will be talked about again in December for the Top 100 Songs of Season 2 list. Someplace Safer... So this is the second week in a row where my number one Scenic Overlook song has made me cry. Last week it was Such a Shame by Static Dress, and then this week it is Someplace Safer. So there's... There's, there's a fucking weight to this song and not like just in the material itself but also the weight that it puts on me because someplace safer it kind of makes me just think of so many things that have happened to me all throughout my life not just recently when it comes to like losing my cat or having my heart broken two years ago but just like you know kind of thinking about like my parents when i was a kid and like how i i have been uh, is this too personal uh, uh, fuck, maybe it's personal, but I'll say it anyways. I have been told before by at least my mother that, um, you know, she blames herself for some of my mental state, some of my, me my mental anguish, and that, like, I wasn't really raised in the right environment. And hearing someplace safer, it puts me in, like, that headspace and, like, that thought of, like, just people trying their best and 
It's so heartbreaking and heart-wrenching. And the way the song sounds itself doesn't really help those emotions because I would say that someplace safer, if you're into like some of the, like the really, really heavy stuff from the scene, like movements per se, this is definitely for you. I could hear influence, not influences, but like, um, Someplace Safer really reminded me of a band called Acres, and they had a record back in 2019 called Lonely World, and that is like kind of what comes to mind sonically when I hear um, Someplace Safer. And the other thing too was um, th- this EP from last year called uh, Picture Perfect by Mallory Run. That was also kind of like melodic and emo, and I get a lot of those similar vibes with Someplace Safer. Someplace Safer is one of the most emotionally charged songs I've been able to hear recently, and for as painful as it is listening to it, I'm so thankful that I have it. I could not imagine enduring the last few weeks, that I, days that I have without Someplace Safer. Um, after Someplace Safer, you do have a run of songs. They're all singles that feel like kind of pop-punk-esque, but also not really. There's still so much like uh, melodic stuff happening here, so much emo infiltrating these songs, but like Catharsis, A Weight That I Can't Stand, and Hell, they just feel, like, again, pop-punk inspired to some extent. Hell has like a notably, noticeably different vibe to the other two songs. It feels more spaced out and like things are allowed to breathe. It's not so fast-paced, um, but all three songs really, really do an immaculate job at showcasing Downcast. Um, if you want to is another one of those like pop punk esque songs. Really, really good. I love it. Uh, Sylvan View or Sylvan View. I don't know exactly how to say that. Um, this was another one of those like really emo and melodic kind of songs. I would liken this to a, a Calling on Captain song from 2019 called Fool's Gold. It just has like that similar vibe to it. Being as notion is the influences there are also really prevalent, I think, with, uh, Sylvan View. And then Mistakes I Have Made, this is another one that has, you know, a, a lot of the same stuff is happening with Someplace Safer and the delivery of it, the fast-paced energy of it while still not really being so fast-paced, but rather just like, um, just really grimy at points. And then even towards the end of Mistakes I Have Made, it picks up the pace, it gets heavier, and it feels like you're listening to a side of Downcast that you maybe didn't know was there until you got to the ending of that song. And then the closing song, I Want to Love Again. God damn, man, this song fucking punches me in the goddamn gut and just like forces me to really think about some things in my life, relive certain dark moments, and just like kind of like analyze certain things in my brain. And it puts me in a weird spot. It makes me feel weird ways, but I Want to Love Again is so fucking good. Um, it's one of the slower songs off of I Saw Hell When I Was With You, not the ending of the track because it does pick up towards the end and it acts as the great closer in that instance, but with like the slower moments, they feel like so just like, um, like tear jerking, if anything. And lyrically, I want to love again, just God, like, this is why I love like all the emo shit happening in the scene. That drama from 2018 hasn't taught me a damn thing. I stay away from love and question how to judge if a good person comes my way. The song is a trauma dump, and I love that for it. I love that for Downcast. And it's the perfect exclamation point to an album that just came out of nowhere and made sure that I don't ever forget about this record anytime soon. Downcast, with one album, with nine songs, just like stamped my brain the same way that other bands this year like Bad Omens and Under Oath have. Downcast fucking delivered a perfect album with I Saw Hell When I Was With You and I know it's a fucking shame that like not enough people are going to get to hear it this year because it's just like hidden, it's underground, but if I can do anything to help it like not be so hidden, I... that would be incredible, dude. I ask anybody who is listening to this right now, Give I Saw Hell When I Was With You a chance. There is so much about this record to love, there is so much upside to it, and in turn, there is so much upside to Downcast in the future as a prominent band in our scene. I think they have that potential, they have that caliber, they're, you know, with one album in my head, standouts in the UK scene, they can go places, and I want them to, and I want I Saw Hell When I Was With You to be the start of that. And that's it. That was every album and single and song from last week for me to review 
Um, so like I said earlier, guys, this was a really, really tiring and trying week for me. A lot of just really emotional stuff and it's not going to change in the future. So, you know, just the, these are those moments where I'm really, really glad to have something like this in my life. And I'm really, really glad to have scene music around because scene music is, it's, it's my life. It's, it's a huge part of my personality and maybe that's a bad thing to say, but it really, really is. And I car in the background, car in the background, car in the background, car in the background, um, scene music is there for me. It's, it's my child. It's my baby. And I, I, I love it. And I think it's going to do a lot of good for me coming, coming up. There's a lot to look forward to. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll reconvene every single week and talk about all this shit. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, for better or worse, let's make a scene.